Fun Factory.com has partnered with Locker Room Talk and Shots. So when you use my special code, SELS20, you get 20% off your Fun Factory purchase. Just head to us.funfactory.com and use my code, SELS20, at checkout for 20% off sex toys, lube, massage oils, and more. Cheers. <laughs> Do the sex. Hi, this is Annette Benedetti, your hostess for Locker Room Talk and Shots, the podcast that likes to think of itself as the queer NPR of raunchy women's sex talk. You are about to sit in on the kind of conversations women have on their girls' nights out or behind closed doors while enjoying delicious drinks and dishing about sex. Think fun, honest, and feminist as fuck, and always with the goal of fighting the patriarchy one orgasm at a time. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Ring loop. Today's locker room talk and shots topic is becoming clitorate. Now, yes, I said becoming clitorate. It is actually a book, but it's a great title for a podcast too. And how I like to think about this conversation we are about to have is it's kind of like a foolproof guide for giving a woman an orgasm during sex. And dudes, this is mostly for you. But anybody, anybody who wants to have more orgasms, this conversation is going to be great for you, especially if you are in a relationship where you have a vulva owner and you got a penis owner. Uh, and especially in heterosexual relationships. This is going to be super helpful for your sex life. Uh, the book that I am going to be referring to is Becoming Clitorate. If you are on YouTube, you can see me holding up the book. And lucky me, my guest is Dr. Lori Mintz, who is the author of the book. But on top of that, she is a therapist, she is a speaker, and she is a tenured professor. But I'm going to let Lori introduce herself and tell you a little bit about herself. So take it away, Lori. Sure. Well, thanks first. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here and spread the word about orgasm equality and help people orgasm. So as you said, I'm a tenured professor at the University of Florida where I teach the psychology of human sexuality to hundreds of students a year. And I just can't even begin to say how much I love doing that, how much I love, I'd say educating, but it's more like re-educating people around sexuality. Um, and I'm also a therapist in private practice. And I give trainings to other therapists and physicians about helping people deal with sexual issues. So Pretty much my whole work life is around empowering women, sexually educating women and men, vulva owners, penis owners, everyone about sexuality. So I'm real excited to be here. You are a perfect guest for me. My whole life is about talking about uh, the same. And so what I didn't say in the intro that I think is really important is what this book really addresses is the orgasm gap. And I have talked a lot about the orgasm gap. Um, and I am just going to say right out the gate, guys, I read this book and I loved it. I felt like it was so easy to read, so digestible and so helpful. It, it doesn't, uh, you know... And I've read a lot of great books about sex, but 
even I find it hard sometimes to stay interested, stay tuned in. And this book is really, I think, is great as a manual to getting right to having, you know, more orgasmic sex for women specifically, because we'll, of course, talk about the orgasm gap. Uh, so I want you all to check it out uh, in the podcast, check it out online. I'm going to have links to it, obviously, so you can purchase it. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about the orgasm gap. And and I'm going to let you, once we get into the conversation, list out some of those stats. But for right now, I am having uh, coffee well into the noon hour. Lori, I think you're like later on in the day right now. You're at three. Uh, I, it is later. It's afternoon. If I drink coffee now, I'd be up all night. So I have what? my water here. Yes. All right. So, well, let's raise our glasses and let's get ready to talk about sex. Cheers. Cheers. All right. I've been, I've been uh, racking my brain for where to start in this conversation because there's a lot to cover. And look, I'm not going to be able, listener, to give you the full, you know, everything you can get out of this book in this podcast, but I'm definitely going to like give you some of the information we are going to, um, and hopefully get you like tonight, you'll be able to like have, have some good sex at home and level up your game. But what I landed on wanting to talk about to start this whole conversation is why, I mean, the basis of becoming clitorate is the idea that the orgasm gap is real, meaning women are just not having the orgasms during uh, heterosexual penis and vagina sex. We've talked about it a lot here. Um, and and your book really helps people understand how we can change that, which is by moving the attention to the clitoris, clitoral uh, stimulation, clitoral, uh, you know, sex. Uh, and we'll get to talking about the definition of sex. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, and you do address it in the book a little a little bit, is why should men care? Like, what's in it for them? And I do believe this. I mean... I do believe men who are partnered want to be good lovers. I do believe they want their partners to have orgasms, but it really does require kind of losing being the fo- their dicks being the focus of everything. And I think in order to get anyone to truly buy into changing the status quo, especially when it serves them, you have to tell them why it benefits them even more than staying where they're at. So I want to dedicate a little, like just two to three minutes to talking about why I think, why you think men will greatly benefit from getting on board with getting clitorate. I mean, the I really believe that men care. I say it in the book. I say in the book, I don't believe all the, the stuff about the orgasm gap being due to men being selfish, not caring about women's pleasure. I mean, sure, there's some, that's true. Very few, I, as I say in the book, if you find one, run. But the same is true of women. I mean, it's, you know, there's always somebody who's not quite right for you or selfish or whatever, but I, the vast majority of men really care about being a good lover. And there's, you know, I'm also a scientist. So there's research that backs this up, right? Men, actually, there were studies where men feel less masculine if their partner doesn't orgasm. So they care, right? You care if I'm talking to men out there, but you've been duped by culture the same way women have, that you have been taught and it's all in porn and movies, mainstream, 
that the best way to give a woman an orgasm is to last long, thrust hard, have a big dick. Well, first of all, that's not true, as we'll talk about. Very few women orgasm from penetration alone. And a lot of women don't want a big dick. They And they don't want because it can be painful. They don't want intercourse to last that long. It gets painful. So what's in it for you besides being a great lover? You'll have better sex because it takes all that pressure off of you to thrust hard, last long. And if you can give pleasure with your hands, your mouth, you know, holding a vibrator and take turns. We know lesbian sex is more orgasmic often because of the turn taking. You can give her a beautiful orgasm and then relax, revel in your own pleasure. So this really benefits you. It's going to make sex better for you. And it's going to make you feel good because you do care about being a good lover. Right. And I'd like to add in, I think that a lot of men who are still having sex the bad old fashioned way, which is like just ramming it in and going like a bunny, are really missing out on pleasure potential out there. Right. That the outside of just coming like the journey, the play, the interaction, all of the other stuff you can do. They don't know how to do that. They feel awkward about it because it's not what they've been taught and they aren't getting to have that pleasure. Now, I know all about that pleasure because I also bang women and (laughs) we don't. When I'm with uh, a woman, when I started having sex with women, I was like, oh, we have sex all night long. You know, we take turns coming. We come at the same time. We keep going just because we're really into exploring each other's bodies. But dudes don't do that with me. And so it's not as fun until I found uh, my current partner who this conversation we're having, by the way, Lori, is perfect timing uh, because I realize that I've probably been very insulting to him, though I thought it was a compliment. He's uh, just the best sex I've ever had, ever. I'm talking about even with women. And I told him up front the reason why that was, was because he has girl sex with me, which he doesn't love me saying. But what I realized when you talk about what is sex and what are we calling sex and changing, uh, in fact, oh, where is it? I wrote it down. You said this book is really all about advocating for a change in sexual language. Here I am turning to my poor partner who has a penis and saying, well, you're good at sex because you have girl sex with me. And he's like, I'm a man. I'm fucking you like a man. But I'm in my mind going, oh, this is like what I do with women. Like his cock isn't the center of the show. My orgasm is. And getting to have it several times. And you also talk about that in this book. So guys, Men, you can also give women not only one, but multiple orgasms. When you read this book, you get the roadmap to how to have, I call it girl sex, but we need to change that language, how to have good sex, right? (laughs) How to have sex that's incredibly pleasurable for both partners and is a journey as much as a destination, like you say. It's and and it isn't about reaching a goal. It's about sharing pleasure and exploring and having fun. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. And 
So I think kind of the next question uh, or next clarification I want you to share with listeners is the whole comment about advocating for change in sexual language. You kind of launch into your book talking about finding a new term for sex, because when people hear the word sex, they think penis and vagina. But it's that's not sex, right? We'll be right back. My code SELS20 is your key to kicking off the sexiest new year ever had when you use it at funfactory.com. Enjoy 20% off Fun Factory's luxury products, including vibrators, cock rings, lube, and more when you use my code SELS20. Check out the Vim vibrating wand. Yes, the one featured on this podcast thumbnail. Grab the nose vibrating cock ring and experience more simultaneous orgasms in 2024. And don't forget forget to check out their rabbit style vibes. I'm talking about the lady bye for toe curling blended O's all year long. Just fill your cart and use code SELS20 at checkout and enjoy 20% off when you shop funfactory.com. Cheers. Right. I mean, the words we use really set women up to not have orgasms and they set men up to feel pressured to give women orgasms in ways that are actually pretty impossible. So we, like you were saying, and like you've talked about on this podcast before, we use the word sex and intercourse as if they're one and the same. And we call everything before foreplay as if it's just an unimportant, but lead up to this main event. And by doing so, we're really constricting our sexuality and we're sort of privileging sex around a penis around the way People with penises come. If right. and I say this in the book, I say if we were to overvalue the way women orgasm, and I'm not blaming men, I'm blaming culture, the way that we overvalue how men orgasm, we would call foreplay sex and intercourse postplay. It right. Would, you, yeah. And I'm not advocating that. I'm advocating that we consider both women and men's most reliable route to orgasm equal and that everything is equally sex, whether it's vibrator, oral, intercourse, it's all sex. It's all sex. And yeah, so I, I love this this kind of question for people to to go over in their minds. You say, it goes back to what exactly what you just said in the book. You it said something long, and I know I didn't write it down perfectly, but what would the world be like if men's orgasms were just foreplay and women's orgasms were the, you know, the main show, because women tend to orgasm through clitoral stimulation, which doesn't typically come from penetration. It comes from oral sex. It comes from being, you know, finger play. It comes from, you know, toy play. And people would, heteronormative folks would just call that foreplay. Uh, and so this question you pose really does make people sit with that. And and then what it, the other quote that I loved is quality sex means orgasm equality. Quality mm-hmm. sex means orgasm equality. And I think if we start looking at how to have sex so that that is true, then men start to understand I've got to start focusing on what gets her off. 
And, and it doesn't mean that everybody has to, there's no orgasm imperative. Not everyone has to orgasm every time you have sex because the, that pressure is another pressure. But what it does mean is that the whole ordeal is not revolved around one person's orgasm the way we do it now, foreplay just to get ready for intercourse, intercourse, male ejaculation, sex over, that it's all, everybody's sexual pleasure is equally important. Mm-hmm. That it's equality. It's, a, it's, it's intimate equality. Yeah. And look, this, this book is fascinating on so many levels. One thing I wish we had time to go into here that we're not going to, and, and it was funny, you, you even, you talked about how you find history kind of boring sometimes, but how important it is to go in to the history of the woman's clit, because this book is all literally about becoming clitorate. So, I mean, I guess we haven't really said that up front, but your book, uh, Becoming Clitorate, focuses, I mean, most of the pages on getting to know the clit, orgasm through uh, clitoral stimulation, um, really, and the history of the fucking clit. (laughs) And it was fascinating to me, actually. You put the timeline historically of how the women's clit was treated and women's orgasms were treated. Folks, I wish I I wish I had written down the chapter it was on. Um, but if you get this book, take some time with that history. She uh, pared it down. So it's a quick read, but it, it will just kind of like your jaw will drop. Um, and it is important in the conversation because, look, guys, you as you said, they've really been duped, right? To think that our orgasm and our clits aren't that important. And they they haven't been taught about it. And you take the time to teach everybody about the clit. Uh, when you were looking up the history of the clit, can you just give one little factoid that shocked you? Yeah, I can. I certainly knew about Freud, which for those of you who don't know, and then I'll say what really shocked me. I mean, he really dealt a blow that we're still dealing with, you know, saying that when women mature, they'll move their sensations from their clitoris to their vagina. That's like saying when you mature, you'll stop breathing through your nose, you'll start breathing through your ears. Like we don't just transfer organ functions. It's ridiculous. So I knew that. I knew that. And that had to be central. But what I didn't realize is sort of two things. One is that the way the clitoris has been lost and found over time, like there are times it's been central, we know about it. And then what goes underground and people forget, then it comes back and goes underground. And I think the time is now to like get her in the limelight and not forget again. And so that was probably... That's the part, I think, the sort of the overview that shocked me of how history has been repeating itself for centuries when it comes to women's sexual pleasure. Yeah, and you outline it very well. Um, Okay, let's launch in. We are going to launch into sort of, you know, when people walk away from this podcast episode, I want to have some just little quick blow by blows of uh, encapsulate some of what you say in your book so that they could get started tonight while they order your book online, right? Uh, Because it's definitely worth having this manual next to your bed. But so with the orgasm gap, can you give me some stats that you think are most important for people to keep in their mind that, that you think everybody should know? 
Yes, I would love to. So when women and men get it on, women are having fewer orgasms. In one study that was like sort of started people looking at this, when asked how often um, you orgasm during sex, 39% of women versus 91% of men said always. Like that's huge. Now, future research said, let's look at this a little more carefully. Let's look at the context of the sex because that didn't. And what we know is that in hookup sex, especially first time hookup sex, the the gap is huge, like 55% of men versus 10% of women. Um, And then it gets smaller in subsequent hookups, friends with benefits, and it's smallest of all in relationships, but it never closes together altogether. In one study, 85, I'm sorry, 95% of men versus 68% of women said they orgasmed at their last instance of relationship sex. And this study I'm about to talk about isn't in the book but I really want to tell you about it. There was um, a lot of people say, oh, it's because women's orgasms are difficult or elusive. No, it's not. It's, it, and we know that because when women are alone, 95% orgasm easily and within minutes, our orgasms are not elusive. Our body's not elusive. But this study blew my mind. And I think you're going to love it as someone who gets it on with women and men is that there was a study of bisexual women who had hookup sex with women and men. So same woman, same body. And this study came out after the book. So when with first time hookup sex with men, they orgasmed 7% of the time. And in first time hookup sex with women, 64% of the time. We'll be right back. Start the new year off with a bang. My code explores 15 gets you 15% off womanizer.com's famous pleasure air tech sex toys. You know, the clit satisfying sucking sensation that guarantees explosive orgasms. Just go to womanizer.com and check out my personal favorite, the Womanizer Duo 2. Get ready for blended orgasms or the premium two. Womanizer.com has something for you, whether you are seeking clitastic satisfaction, blended orgasms, or explosive G-spot experiences. Just shop womanizer.com and use my code EXPLORES15 at checkout for 15% off. That's 15% off all womanizer.com products with my code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. When women, when a bisexual woman is partaking in hookup sex, like I have done quite a bit, uh, with both men and women, let's outline those results one more time. With same woman, same body, right? So with first time hookup sex with women, they orgasm the first time 64% of the time with men, seven of the time. That is insane. That is, wow, that is, and that, what a great study. What a smart study. Also, I would like to once again say another reason why bisexual women are awesome, <laughs> because we're great for these sexual studies of how <laughs> our bodies are being treated by people of different genders. Um, that is fascinating. You're right. Same body. So... 
So something is happening in the sex we are having, women are having with women versus what women are having with men. And you, of course, know what the answer to this is. And the answer is? The answer is, you know, I'll tell you what it's not. Everyone's like, oh, if you have a clit, you know what to do with it. No, because every clit needs something different. You may need, you need, but what you do do or do know is to ask, communicate about what the person wants and Focus, not focus the entire encounter around a penis and around penetration as if that was the main, only important act that you're building up to. And that's the difference. So there you go. There you go, guys. The doctor has spoken. The bi (laughs) girls have shown up and, you know, given our body for research. (laughs) I love this study. Uh, It's great. I'm going to be using this for a long time, by the way. Um, All right. Well, then let's get to it. Let's get to this this guide you have really given um, folks in your book, Becoming Cliterate, to having more orgasms. And so the bulk of the read really is speaking to women. And however, comma, I do have a lot of male listeners out there. And and I want to say this, circling back to what you said in the beginning, when I started this podcast talking about sex as boldly and out, outright as I do, people thought, oh, Annette, you're going to be getting these nasty comments and uh, emails and whatever sex from men. And I'm going to tell you the main thing I get from my male listeners. And I'm going to say, by and large, cis men, I don't assume sexuality. I get lots of email and DMs where they're literally asking for help. Mm-hmm. I, I I get that far more. I mean, I've gotten one, a handful over two and a half years of kind of nasty comments. Generally speaking, I get tons of comments from men who really, really want to know how to, to have better sex with their partner. So guys, even though in this book, the middle part of it, Uh, Lori is really, I think, talking to women, telling us how to prepare our body to learn how to be orgasmic so we can share that with our partner. I encourage you to read it. Like, read that part. If you're not a reader, don't worry. She did a little small manual in the back that you can just get through. But I do think this book is for everyone. That's kind of what I'm, I'm wanting to say. But so let's, if you're talking to a woman, what is the first thing you're gonna tell her to do. She's like, I, I'm not having orgasms during sex. How can I start down the path? Yeah. So the first step is learning your anatomy. And that may sound unimportant, but if you don't know what you have, you can't really direct a partner. You can't use the words. So, you know, along with the history chapter, as I said in the book, the anatomy part was the hardest to write because that stuff's usually like a little boring. But the most important thing, and I give a summary and I do try to make it fun, but the most important thing to know, and I'm pulling out a puppet right now for people who are in audio, if you want to hop on YouTube, you can see it. I'm pulling out a vulva puppet and the outside area of women's genitals is called a vulva, not a vagina. That's another language problem. When we call the whole thing a vagina, we're linguistically erasing the parts of ourselves that give us the most pleasure. But the most important thing to know is the vast majority of women need external vulva 
stimulation, either alone or coupled with penetration to have an orgasm. So what's on the vulva is super important. There's the outer lips. It just encases what's inside. And that's equivalent to um, the sack that encases your balls. Then there is the inner lips. They're hairless, chock full of touch sensitive nerve endings, analogous to, and this is in terms of actual organs when children, when people are, you know, developing analogous to the shaft of the penis, you follow them up. They form the clitoral hood, which is analogous to the male force. Yes. Yeah. I want to say that really do go over to YouTube because this is the first time I'm looking at you as you're rearranging the lips and stuff. I see the penis. You just like, you know what I mean? Yes. I can see the shaft going up to, it all makes sense. Go to YouTube. Yeah, it is. This is the, I always pronounce the homology or whatever. It's like when babies are born, what, what develops into what? So you follow the shaft of, or the inner lips right up it forms the clitoral hood, which is analogous to the foreskin if it's not removed. And under the foreskin is the glands of the penis. It's of the penis. See, they're so similar. Yeah. The glands of the clitoris, it's the external part because there is internal parts. It's like about the size of a pencil eraser on average has over, you often hear eight, it's over 10,000 nerve endings in this small place. And that's analogous to the head of the penis. And it's so chock full of nerve endings. Ouch. A lot of people can't touch it directly. So need to touch it around. Now on top is an area a lot of people don't know about. It's called the mons pubis. It's sort of where the the uh, where a mound of fatty tissue where there's hair on if not removed, and the legs of the clitoris run through here. So a lot of people like to push on that while they rub up and down because the internal clitoris goes through there. Of course, there's the vaginal opening, um, and what we know about that is the opening. And the inner third have touch-sensitive nerve endings. The inner two-third have only pressure-sensitive nerve endings, explaining why women can wear tampons and not be bothered because we can't, until we're aroused and can feel pressure inside our vaginas, we don't feel touch. So the idea that women's vaginas are the key is really false when you look at where the touch versus pressure-sensitive nerve endings are. Okay. This is like, I, again, I can't believe I don't know some of this stuff. My listeners hear me say this all the time. Now, one thing you may not know that my listeners know is that I did last year, 365 days of orgasms, meaning I gave myself at least one or with help, uh, orgasm a day, every day for a year. And during that time, I discovered my G spot, which I, uh, or at least what I'm assuming is what my partner and I are declaring my G-spot. Um, but the other thing is I started to find places inside for the first time in my entire life. I always tell people I didn't feel pleasure from penetration. I felt pressure. And for the first time ever in the last two years of my life, I've started like, I'm always like, these little places inside are waking up. But what you're saying is now this all is coming together. Is that because I'm maybe I'm learning how to become more aroused or something? Those nerve endings fire up so I can feel touch. And I'm I'm feeling touch in there for the first time. Yeah, and 
it's, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I think you're, I mean, I don't know exactly, but what I think is you're feeling different sensations and you're allowing yourself to lean into them, feel them. And what's really interesting about the G spot is it's really not a spot. It's proper name is the clitoral urethral vaginal complex. And it has part of the clitoris, part of the a sponge that wraps around the urethra and part of the vaginal wall. So it's not just a spot, it's a whole area in um, and that includes different parts. And my guess is, you know, you're discovering there's so many different areas that you can feel pressure, pleasure, touch, and you're just starting to feel so many more of them and open to that. Yeah. It's been fascinating at 48. <laughs> That's be, awesome. You know, it's never too late. It's never too late. No. And I think that's so important because women are given this message of, oh, once you're 40, you're like sexually uninteresting or your sex life is over. In fact, I would say mine really took off. All right. So now we've gotten to know our anatomy. Yes. What comes next? So, so you know it, you look at it, you get out a mirror, you identify your parts. Then you have to work on the sex organ between your ears. And so that's the next step is two parts of that. One is we have so much deeply ingrained shame and sex negativity. So really figuring out what are your sort of negative thoughts that you might just carry with you, your shame around sex or pleasure and work on those. So really getting to really allow yourself sex positivity, letting go of shame. And then the other piece is mindfulness, which, you know, gets a lot of hype, but it gets it for a reason because mindfulness is putting your mind and body in the same place. So many times we're doing one thing with our body and our mind somewhere else. Maybe a listener been listening to this and I'm not insulted. You know, I, I don't think Annette's insulted. I don't want to speak for you. But 10 times your mind might have wandered to something else. Oh, a phone call. Oh, this. That's what our minds do. They go forward. Oh, they go backwards. Mindfulness is being in the same place. And it takes a ton of practice. But it's really sex's best friend. Because so many times during sex, we're thinking, do I look okay? Do I smell okay? Are they having fun? You know, my look, you know, all of these awful, these thoughts and mindfulness allows you to catch them more quickly, come back to your body. And in a really interesting study, the state of mind right before orgasm is the same as deep mindfulness meditation. So to have an orgasm really requires being mindful. Right. One of the most fascinating things I read, I mean, there were many, but this one I wrote down was the brain research showing that right before and I think during orgasm, you can't think anything or you don't some area. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. That's that's how I translated it. But some areas yeah. of the conscious brain basically Your shut down, right? Monitoring part shuts down. And that's what allows an orgasm. And now some, the research isn't clear. Does the orgasm bring you back out? Do you stay in that state? But what we do know is that state is essential to having an orgasm, which a lot of people, why I think explains why a lot of people say it's spiritual or religious. You're really fully in your body. You're not thinking, you're not monitoring. And you can cultivate that in daily life. You can meditate with an app with music, whatever. There's all kinds of apps. 
or you can do it in your daily life. I try to do that. I meditate every morning, but I also like remember to practice like when I'm brushing my teeth, that's usually a time for me to think about what's going on the next this day or the next day or how am I going to sleep? So really instead taking that time to really focus exclusively on the toothbrush, on the feelings in your mouth and, and oh, there my brain goes again, bring it back. And that's mindfulness. You can practice it drinking coffee. You can practice it brushing your teeth. You can practice it going while you're urinating. Any moment can be a moment where you can practice mindfulness because that's focusing on your bodies, knowing, noticing the thoughts and bringing them back to your body without judgment. Right. So just to reiterate, uh, the self-monitoring part of that brain, correct? Consciousness shuts off when you're orgasming. All, you know, all of those thoughts you're having about is my belly sticking out? Oh, for me, it's like, you know, what do my breasts look like right now? Or whatever it is. All of that shuts off, which is what a beautiful moment for us, right? <laughs> like, it's a little right. mini break it's from life. Like, it's and think, and that might be if you don't think that's a great way to reframe these sex negative thoughts. What a wonderful break from my pressured life. Yeah. What a great opportunity to turn my brain off. Yeah. So you start with anatomy, then you go to um, working on your mindset. And, and the stuff in your brain that's getting in the way of having sex. And then you go to pleasuring yourself, masturbation. masturbation, because if the, you know, the most essential first step to orgasming with a partner is to do it alone. You can't, you know, so many times women know what to do alone and they don't translate it into partner sex. A lot of times women don't know what they like alone or like you, you discovered new things that you like alone so that you can then transfer. So to really take the time to have a great sex life with yourself, learn what you're like, learn what turns you on, experiment with yourself, with your hands, lubricant, toys, everything. We'll be right back. Kick off the new year with a jaw dropping 30% off of some of the hottest sex toys and my favorite gleam lube with code explores 30 when you shop the thruster.com known as the home of the incredible build your own thruster prime. The thruster.com is also partnered with lassiere.com where you'll find gorgeous vibrating steel toys and boutique where you can grab a vibrating lipstick, a rubber ducky that gets lucky or even get pounded by Thor's hammer, literally all for 30% off with code explores 30. Just head to the thruster.com where you'll find the thruster last year and boutique voila and enjoy 30% off your site-wide purchases with code explores 30 at checkout. Cheers. Yeah, the doctor said it. It's not just me, folks. This is an expert, an author, a therapist, a scientist, a teacher just said it. (laughs) You know, it's good for you, good for your health. And you can't have orgasms in bed with someone else if you don't know how to do it by yourself. I think that's, yeah. 
And so then after that in the book, you're, you guide them to now you've been having orgasms, you know, on your own. Now you know how to come. You know how you, it's easiest for you to come or how you like to come when you're by yourself. So naturally, the next step is to bring that into the bedroom with your partner. Yeah, but there's a step before that, and that's communication. You have to, you can't just, the, we know that good sex rests on sexual communication. Couples who communicate more have more arousal, more orgasms, less erection problems, less pain. So it's learning to talk about sex. And so many times people are like, oh, I can't, it's too scary. And, you know, it, it is, it's scary because our culture told us it was. Again, imagine a world if you were never taught that talking about sex is taboo. And when you can have conversations about sex outside of the bedroom, I call them kitchen table sex talks. What do we like? What could we do that's more fun? What are your fantasies? When you start being able to talk about sex outside of the bedroom, and then you talk, then there's another type of talk. Do we want to have sex? What do we want to do? It's not just good for getting consent, but planning the encounter, making having a joint vision of it, if you will, then actually communicating during sex. It can be nonverbal. It can be verbal. You can actually use words during sex. And then processing the sex after, talking about how was that for you? Did you like that new thing I did? How could it have been better? And so to really learn to talk about sex, and that's the next step. And then the step after that is you put it all together and you get rid of that old foreplay just to get her ready for intercourse, intercourse, male orgasm, quote, sex over, and you get creative. And I give lots of examples um, actually that when I wrote that chapter, I kind of joked with a friend, I guess I'm no longer writing self-help. I'm writing erotica because there's like a lot of like creative ways to do it. And it's, I think it's what you said. A lot of them are modeled on girl sex, right? They're turn taking their, um, sex, like she oral sex where she orgasms followed by intercourse where he does, or just turn taking masturbating each other. So many different ways to do this. And I do have some tips for people who really still want to try to orgasm during intercourse. And I say it during the same act, not the same time. And I talk about couple vibrators and positions that stimulate your clit. So you put it all together by using all that knowledge with a partner. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to say as, as well as you giving some great examples for how to have it all come together during sex, you actually also, you give a lot of masturbation tips. There yes. are a lot, this book, we, there's no way I can cover the useful information in this book. And it's, I think it's interesting to me because I feel like you did a beautiful job of a lot of the things I've talked about in my different episodes. And, you know, some of them are fun, raunchy episodes, but it's, you know, came together in your book, obviously, in a much more educational, fun, though. I'd like to say your, your writing is fun. It definitely feels like a friend is talking to you about mm -hmm. it. And I think that's what appealed to me a, a lot about it as well. But yeah, so you map out different ways to explore with masturbation different methods, and then also uh, 
during sex, different approaches to it. It, it this is not a you know a, a a guidebook that's for 101 just vanilla people. I feel like it can really fit with a lot of different people even wanting to expand on where they're already at. Thank you. Um, so I so hope so. That was my dream. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, you really did a great job with that and you touched on some important topics uh, that I do want to mention here. Reframing, and it, and this is where the work for uh, penis owners and men is are really going to come in. Not thinking things like, oh, if she is rubbing her clit while I'm having sex with her, that means I'm not enough. Or shame around bringing toys into the bedroom because it means something bad about you as a man. That's the big fucking lie you've been sold, right? Like learning to use these things with her and have fun. And and why would you not use tools or extra hands or whatever it is to enhance sex and, and make it more playful and joyful for both of you? Um, and there are just so many tips like that in the book. And it's all about erasing kind of this bullshit story we've been sold about what sex should be like, about women's pleasure, um, what it means to be a good lover. Because I'll tell you what, guys, it's not the size of your dick. <laughs> it's not, you know, how long you can pound away. It's not even really how long you can last. Because you can keep going long after you've come with toys, with your hands. God, my my partner will use his fingers or a toy on me for as long as I want before and after he comes. Beautiful. And that's, that's, that's sexual equality there. It's orgasm equality. He is giving you what you need. You are giving him what he needs. You're both reveling in the pleasure. It sounds that's beautiful. And don't you think, and I, I thought maybe I'm just getting into my own head, but there is like, I get off when I'm with a partner, even if I'm not having an orgasm, I literally get off in this weird emotional, like sexual way by giving someone else pleasure, just watching that and being like, I am the master of what is happening to your body right now, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And if guys can, I I think most people feel that and I think that's where it kind of circles back to the beginning. How does this benefit men? You can really experience her pleasure and be part of it and then experience and be part of yours without that pressure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I know for a fact from my experience having sex with women, um, and I have talked about it in this podcast a lot. I like to get into the dom role with women. Oftentimes I don't have an orgasm, but I feel so much fulfillment. And I think that men learning how to like revel in that kind of pleasure, it doesn't require your dick to ever get hard at all. You know what I mean? And being expansive about the idea of what sexual pleasure is. It happens in my vagina. It happens in your dick. It also happens in your head. It can happen other places in your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Right. So I'm going to say, what I want to say is this book is uh, basically a guide to uh, how all people can have girl sex with women. But I know that is not the nicest thing to say because it does demean like 
men want to have good sex too. It is a guide to having, what, what, how would you put it? I would say it's, it's a guide to having great sex with people who have clitorises because though that organ has been so ignored and it's a reason that ignorance, ignoring and ignorance is a reason that a lot of people are having shitty sex. So a lot. Yeah. So it's a guide. It's a guide to understanding that where it comes from and then fixing that both culturally and in your own individual bedroom. Yeah. And um, kind of in the beginning of the book, one of the topics was the function of the female orgasm. And I think that's kind of was in the history area where people at times would question, well, what's even the function of the female orgasm? Why is it even important? So I want to end our conversation with that, uh, because I think it is a question that comes up a lot. Now, I'm going to give you my take on why it's important, whether or not, you know, people will argue, well, it helps you, it makes you more likely uh, to get pregnant during sex because it, you know, the sperm can swim in your wetness or whatever. I've heard crap like that. But I'm going to say after a year of having lots of orgasms and doing my own research, the function of the female orgasm is health for our health, (laughs) mental, physical, there's a lot of health perks that come out of it for us and maintaining our health through life, spiritual, if you want to emotional, like it's because we want to be healthy people. And this is such a a orgasming regularly often. uh, I think it's, is essential. It's like taking, it's better than taking a vitamin. So that's my take. I would like to know what, what would you say it is? Oh, I don't, I think I'd love to leave it there. I go through the scientific studies yeah, debating it. But what you just said, it's for you. It's for your well-being. It's for in it. And the other thing that it reminds me of, you know, I wrote the book to try to close the orgasm gap, empower women to orgasm. And I've gotten what I didn't realize. And I is I've had so many, so many beautiful notes and emails. And and there's a consistent theme that just took me by surprise. And it was women saying, now that I'm orgasmic and empowered in the bedroom, I'm unstoppable outside. And the old thinking was, you know, teach someone to get empowered outside and then translate it to the bedroom. But these women readers are saying, no, once I could be empowered in this intimate way, I felt confident. I felt healthy. I felt vibrant. I felt unstoppable outside. So that goes hand in hand with what you're saying. Oh, thank you for sharing that because I have been championing that since I started this podcast. You do, you have no idea how many people who are like, Annette, why is everything sex, sex, sex? Why do you have to talk about sex all the time? And I'm like, because what's happening in your bedroom directly affects what's happening out in your life outside of the bedroom. It is all interconnected. It's not this part of our life we lock away in a different room. Exactly. It is not. Yeah. Okay, guys. Again therapist, scientist, speaker, author, just verified again what I keep saying. I don't I don't have the credentials. I've got the practice, but I don't have the credentials. So I love that you're sharing that and that you're getting that feedback from, uh, you know, other women. So and I uh, love that your life experience is validating that Uh, before we wrap it up. Are there any 
you know, have I missed anything that you really wish we had uh, an opportunity to say? The only thing that we didn't really dive into, and I'll keep it brief, and it's the reason I'm wearing these. If you want to hop on YouTube, you can see these vibrator earrings. I have other pairs. I couldn't decide which to wear. So, you know, and that helped me out there and we picked these. But the point is, why am I wearing vibrator earrings? Because let go of all those myths that vibrators are addictive, they replace men. All of that is complete bullshit. They are a tool. They are your friend. We And I can even get into the science. And this isn't in the book because I just learned it. We have special receptors in our vulva and the penis that respond to vibration. Women who use them have easier and more frequent orgasms. Male women who say their male partner endorses their vibrator use have more orgasms. Also, guys, if your penis is in parked in the vulva genital vagina region and there's a vibrator, you're going to catch vicarious vibes. Your penis is also responsive to vibration. So, vibrator. So here's my advice. My final advice is lubricate, masturbate, and vibrate. And you might as well hydrate too, because that's always good. Always good. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. That's what a cheers to that. And so that reminded me of one last tid- tidbit having to do with the vibrator, because that is a whole additional conversation you and I could have. Uh, you, you talk about a study where, um, kind of weird, but apparently they studied on rabbits, um, clitorises. <laughs> Weird, but we're going to talk about it because what they found is that rabbits who has received vibration to their clitoris, I cannot imagine the scientist and researcher that had to do that, some poor college student, you know it, um, they grew, right? What it nerve endings, they actually... They, yeah, instead of desensitizing, because rabbits have remarkably similar clitorises to humans... They're, they grew, they grew in sensitivity. They weren't desensitized. Right. So I will tell you the main nasty comments I have gotten from men on social media, especially whenever I'm sharing whatever toy I'm into at the moment is like, oh, well, your vibrator's ruining your vagina. It's ruining it for men. Uh, it, you'll lose all sensitivity. It, so research is actually pointing towards the opposite. It will help you gain sensitivity. That's what you're saying that study showed. Yes. And that's what that study shows. Now it's one study, it's rabbits, but I've had a lot of women tell me that they were not orgasmic till they found the vibrator that works. And it's a friend. It's a, it's a, in the metaphor I use in the book for guys who are threatened is, and women who think guys will be threatened. If you're swimming in the swimming pool and you have a raft in the pool and you jump on the raft and off the raft, you kiss, you swim, whatever. You don't go home and call your friend and go, oh, me and my raft had the best day. Oh, my partner was there too. You don't even mention the raft because it was just a tool to enhance the experience. And the same is true of vibrators. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's time to go buy some sex toys. Not just me saying it. We have a published author who's agreeing with me. So this has been such a fun conversation. And I want to thank you so much for this book. And guys, I am uh, I'm going to be writing a review on She Explores Life uh, of the book, although you've pretty much gotten my take on it. Uh, I'm going to have links for you so you can buy it. But uh, is there any other 
place where you would like people to find information about you, the books that you've written, so on and so, so forth, where, where they can follow you? My website has most information, which is www.drlauriemintz.com. You can find links to my books, my TED Talk, all that. And the social media platform that I'm the most active on is Instagram and my handle there which is also the same as Facebook and other social media is Dr. Lori Mintz. It's the same handle everywhere. Great, great. So go follower, get the fucking book. <laughs> I mean, I really, again, I know that sometimes it's hard. It's hard for me to, to find time to just read um, because of work, because of relationships, so on and so forth. But this is something couples, people, throuples, I don't care what you are, get this book, you're going to be able to get through it real quickly, earmark things that are just for you. And again, in the back, she did sort of what is it? it's a little handbook, a, a, a mini version of the entire book, especially for guys who are like, I don't want to read all about a clitoris. Uh, that's user friendly, quick to read, you can hand it over to him and say, hey, these pages check out. Uh, the summary chapter of the whole book written directed at a male audience yeah yeah so get it guys um thank you so much for joining me you guys know where to find me socials you know locker room talking shots i'm on uh, instagram facebook head over to tiktok i am putting up some fun videos there it's locker room talking shots podcast there and you can always join me on my personal instagram at being benedetti and um i thank you so much for the book and the conversation so thank you for the conversation i really appreciate it it was a lot of fun it's been great and so guys until next time i'll see you in the locker room Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. <laughs> Ring loop. Bring sexy back in 2024 with hot lingerie, sensual body products, and adventurous sex toys from lovehoney.com, all at a 15% discount with code EXPLORES15. Embrace your inner bombshell with their gorgeous brawn panty sets, baby dolls, and corsets. Then explore your desires with their line of toys that range from vanilla is my flavor to tie me up and call me good girl daddy. And don't forget to treat yourself to a massage candle or essential body oil, all for 15% off with code EXPLORES15 when you shop lovehoney.com. That's right, 15% off on lingerie, sex toys, and more when you shop lovehoney.com and use code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers.